0: (laughs) organic well uh, I'm sitting here with DJ Chuang and I'm really excited I I know that uh, I first uh, like came across you in person uh, Mm -hmm. a number of years ago at at an event at Talbot in the banquet room uh, next to the calf and and you were talking about uh, church uh, Asian churches and ministry in Asian churches and uh, I remember appreciating that event and so when I'm you know, we had the opportunity to have you come out uh, later this month mm-hmm. to share with us about the issue of mental health. Uh, I was I was all for it, really excited, and really glad for this opportunity to sit down with you and uh, get to know you a little bit better.
1: Uh, so, thank you for being with us. Well, I'm thrilled to be here and to have this opportunity to share with your youth group and your church about life and. The challenges we all face, and in a church context as well.
0: Great, great.
1: Maybe could you just share a little bit about who you are and uh, some of your uh, your story? Yeah, I'm Chinese American and came to the U.S. when I was eight. I'm the oldest of three boys, and we grew up in a small town in Virginia with 20,000 people and very few <laughs> Asians. there was less than a handful, okay. and so it's, I grew up in a small town context of 20,000. So I didn't really have exposure to the Chinese church or the Chinese community. And um, it wasn't until college, I went to Virginia Tech back in 1984, so that kind of shows my age. (laughs) Um, Then I got uh, exposure to a broader uh, Chinese and Asian American and multi-ethnic context. Uh, graduated with a computer engineering degree and started to follow Christ Mm -hmm. during my college years. And then two years after working as an electrical engineer, I went to seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary in Texas. And during my first year, I was in Austin at your uncle Daniel Lowe's ordination. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, so our paths have crossed um, serendipitously over the years.
0: Okay, okay. So you met him at ACC? Yes, that's right. right. Okay, okay, great. W- were you there? No, I well, <laughs> I went to visit him one time when I was a kid, Yeah. Know, just kind of like a family visit, uh, but I don't really have any uh, other connection to ACC. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's uh, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah,
1: uh, and we'll discover more as we talk. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I graduated in 1995 with a master of theology and then the next 5 years worked as a pastor in two years in a Chinese church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. 3 years in Northern Virginia with a more Asian American multi-ethnic church. And then the last 16 or so years I've worked in a variety of nonprofits and Christian ministries including a uh, family foundation so I, I got some exposure in philanthropy, I got some exposure in donor development, I went back to software, did some of that, and um, publishing, uh, leadership development with Church Innovations, and then currently I'm an internet engineer, (laughs) so I work with American Bible Society, and we run the infrastructure, the digital plumbing, for domain names at Bible.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. So if I can
1: interest you in Jason Bible, we <laughs> should have a conversation after this.
0: All right. I'll think about it. Wow. So your, your resume has a lot of different colors to it.
1: Yes. Yeah. But pri- primarily orange.
0: Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. You're a you're racing shame and, and a lot of your, your stuff. Orange seems to be the favorite color.
1: Yeah. Our family moved out here in the summer of 2007. So I'm married. Okay. And we have a son who's now 22 years old. He just finished with a math major in um, December of last year. He's kind of taking a gap here to explore what work work would look like instead of just studying. And so he's about to get hired at a church to do data analytics and reporting. And by the time people hear this... He should have been hired and for that when we <laughs> hopefully talk in the yes. hopefully I know every every parent uh, who has a
0: college recent college graduate is crossing their fingers really really hoping for for you know future plans to kind of come to fruition yes I'm sorry. and so
1: where the orange came in is we moved from DC to OC. Oh, In the summer okay. of 2007, okay. I adopted orange as my color. Okay. And Have I found you? it to be a great way to connect with people because people know me as the orange Asian guy. The orange Asian guy.
0: All right. Well, so now we'll know you as the orange <laughs> Asian guy. Um <clears throat> So, you know, you'll be coming out to share with us about the issue of mental health. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of your ministry and, and work pertains to, you know, helping uh, the, the church and in particular the Asian church wrestle with the issue of, of mental health. How did you come to, uh, you know, focus on that particular
1: issue and, and area of ministry? Well, it's a personal journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't one that I wanted to go into, and it wasn't one I was uh, aware of. Uh, As most of us, unless we have a family or a friend that really wrestles with it, we don't really uh, understand or know what's going on behind the world of psychology or uh, psychiatry. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: But in 2000, 2000, when I transitioned out of being a pastor... Uh, it was a very stressful and you know, the lowest point in my life where I had to figure out what my life was about, and uh, it put me in a place where I was desperate and I needed help mm-hmm. uh, with my mental illness. Okay. And during that year, I was diagnosed bipolar, mm-hmm. so I have bipolar disorder that I've learned to manage over the years. So it's been 19 years now. Okay. And you know, from time to time, I have to make some adjustments to my lifestyle on self-care to stay functional and to stay healthy mm-hmm. in my life as a person as a father and as a husband so yeah I've learned a lot over those 19 years but a lot of it has been personal yeah and yeah. I'm open to sharing my story
0: well uh, yeah I think we'll we'll look forward to hearing a lot more about your story uh, later this month you know in in that span of time where you know you're going through your own journey and then walking alongside other people um Maybe, can you share a little bit in terms of maybe some stories uh, that uh, are uh, just stories that help to kind of capture what this issue is all about and uh, maybe something that that, uh, maybe sometimes it seems really far away Mm -hmm. or hard to understand, Mm -hmm. um, but... I think for a lot of us it's a lot closer than we realize. Yeah. And, and so I think it's important for uh, our, our, our youth to uh, to feel that nearness. Yes. And so I, I, maybe if yes. you had any stories yeah. uh, over the years that you've
1: come across that yeah. can help I, I think of three data points. So okay. I'll, go, I'll go big to small. Yeah. So in the world today the World Health Organization estimates 800,000 people die by suicide a year. mm mm-hmm. So that's almost one per minute. So just as we're talking, someone has died by suicide. And that's the phrase um, that is good to use in describing suicide. Die by suicide. Die by suicide rather than the other (laughs) phrases that we have heard of. Um, And then uh, here in the U.S., one in five Americans, these are adults, so 18 and over, one in five Americans wrestle Uh, struggle with mental illness Mm -hmm. and mental illness causes people to not be functional Uh, they have mood swings, there's something not right with their brain so it affects their decision making it affects their relationships it affects their livelihood their well being and for some even to the end of life Mm -hmm. and so it's a very real issue so one in five you look at the person to your left and the person to your right and the friends that they know, someone is likely to be struggling with mental illness, yeah. whether short-term or chronic long-term. Yeah. So okay. it's that close. Yeah. yeah. So in a room of 100, I'm not sure how big your youth group is. Yeah, we have maybe about a total of 70 to 80 students, middle school, high school. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's um, like maybe like 15, 15 or so yeah. that might be wrestling. And for you as a pastor, as a ministry leader, um, Sometimes you'll get people who are struggling come to you and ask for help. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so often, especially for people that are part of the faith community, the pastor is the first person they go to to mm. confide in and to share about their personal struggle. Because sometimes the mental illness and the emotional struggle and the spiritual struggle overlap. They're mm. not clean, separate categories, yeah. but they're, both, they're overlapping categories because we're holistic human beings, yeah, yeah. and so we um, um, we as pastors, uh, those who are pastors and mental health professionals are beginning to learn how to work together mm. to provide the support and the help for people to live healthy and thriving lives. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, I can, and then as we're talking today, uh, today is suicide prevention day, so it's very much on the mind of oh. our whole nation to say, yeah. hey, this is a very serious issue for our nation, and it's a preventable disease. Yeah. Uh, it's the 10th, top 10 leading cause of death, and it's actually preventable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the news today, uh, one of the pastors in our area named Jared Wilson died by suicide. Uh,
0: recently? Like like
1: yesterday. Really? Yes. And he was an associate pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship, Great Glory's Church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Great Glory just did a uh, harvest festival there at Yeah, Angel Stadium. Yeah. And um, this pastor even had a mental health advocacy and resource. Mm -hmm. So while he's battling his personal struggle, he's trying to help others. Yeah. And then um, in a moment of pain and something, yeah, it's hard to know what happens in a person that struggles to that point. Yeah. Yeah. But we're beginning to learn more. Yeah, but yeah. one of the things is we have to be able to talk about this. Because if we don't talk about it, we're only as sick as our secrets. Hmm. Hmm. Can you talk about that phrase a little bit? Yeah. It's I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's something I've learned in Celebrate Recovery okay. and people that wrestle with <laughs> life issues. And in particular, I attend a little church called Saddleback Church, okay. which is led by Pastor Rick and Kay Warren. Mm-hmm. And one of the ministries that they've developed uh, over the past five or six years is Hope for Mental Health. Okay. And part of that is because their own son died by suicide about five or six years ago. Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, it's tragic. Yeah. And one of the things that they did themselves was to grieve uh, in the open over social media mm-hmm. so that they could be a model Or at least they could put themselves up there to say, here's what grief looks like. And they're trying to do it in a healthy way so that other people can learn. And the thing about shame Mm -hmm. and secrets is when we're not able to talk about something, then it has a power over us. Mm -hmm. Think of it like darkness and light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Darkness is not a good thing for us spiritually in the same way. uh, Silence. Is not healthy for us as children of the light.
0: Yeah, actually, you know, this, um, <clears throat> this fall our students, our high school students, are going through Matthew 5. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, actually this week, so, you know, uh, this actually today is September 11th that we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but later this week, they'll go through Matthew five thirteen to 16, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, uh, light on a hill.
1: It mm-hmm.
0: um, shouldn't be hidden. This yes. should be uh, seen by, by everyone. Yeah, so it, right. it's right right in the pocket for, our,
1: for, for what we're, we're kind of focusing on for our students. That's right. And one of the things that I did over the past year is started a podcast called "Erasing Shame." Mm-hmm. And we have, so, I have a co-host with me, and we talk about various aspects of shame as Asian Americans. Yeah. And I know there's a popular author and speaker named Brene Brown. Okay. And he, she's given TED Talks and conferences and speaking events you know, talking about shame in the mainstream culture of America. Okay. But she's Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that she says is very helpful. But when an Asian American person talks about it, there's a whole other level and depth that resonates for us yeah. because of the life experience that we've had and so as we opened up this conversation as asian americans talking about shame we realized wow this is such a big thing that keeps us from living a life that's more healthy yeah because secrets and shame causes us to carry the weight of these things and we can't share with anybody so as the bible talks about Carrying one another's burdens, mm-hmm. when we're carrying that by ourselves, it actually gets heavier and heavier mm-hmm. because you're suppressing something that needs to get out. Right, right. And so, the antidote to shame is a healthy conversation in a safe place. Yeah. And so, finding that trusted, safe person who will be nonjudgmental right. and can listen to your uh, pain and shame is the first step towards health getting out of that weight
0: yeah yeah and so, so so the phrase you know sick is our secrets yes, yes. okay okay i'll have to remember that one <laughs> um you know can your some of your thoughts actually lead to something else that i wanted to discuss a little bit which which is the the uniqueness uh of wrestling uh with mental illness in an asian setting mm-hmm. you know, with Asian culture as the backdrop of our identity and the way that we see the world. And so I was wondering what you've learned about that dynamic of mm-hmm. mental illness, which is something that isn't really a respecter of, of culture or, or persons, but certainly our, our identity as Asian, Asian-Americans uh, has has an impact on how we experience mental illness, and so yes. yeah maybe you could mm-hmm. share a little bit
1: about that oh well, that's such a huge topic that we 're just beginning to step into mm-hmm. as a society, and many Asian cultures don 't even have the word for mental illness mm-hmm. for one okay, and then for two um, they don 't have a word for it because because they don't believe it 's a thing, okay. Yeah, so when you, when you can't name it it's a secret and then we can't name it then you're ig- uh, ignoring that reality yeah and and so it doesn't even cross your consciousness and it so it's this so there's no there's there's no possibility to deal with it until you name it right so it kind of goes back I, I think back it's very primal in how God created us to name things mm-hmm. you know, it goes all the way back to Genesis mm-hmm. 2 that Adam named the animals yeah in the same way if we're able to name the things that we're experiencing, mm-hmm. then we can begin to work on it. Mm-hmm. And so, in some Asian cultures that don't have the language developed to talk about shame and mental illness, then those things, that phenomena of the human condition, goes unaddressed. Yeah, and it's a difficult thing to address because we're shameful about our weaknesses. Right. We as Asian culture likes to honor our. Uh, desire to be moral or desire to be righteous nor desire to be well. Mm-hmm. And we don't like to show weakness. Right, right. And if we have that uncle or that relative that is struggling, the fam- the immediate family might know, but when you're at a bigger family gathering or a reunion or a wedding, it's like, oh, Uncle Joe couldn't make because he's not feeling well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the people on the inside know that it's because they have a personal struggle right and so that's kind of how we deal with it in the ancient culture but it's not healthy okay and bad things happen when it's not healthy yeah, yeah. And, it, and it affects our whole family system and dynamic because things spill over yeah. we're holistic beings and we relate holistically
0: yeah so uh, what are some of the particular challenges that you've encountered you know in your uh, in your ministry uh, you you know when when you encounter uh, someone who's Asian and, and dealing with mental illness, what are some of the, the specific things that are challenges to, to you know come alongside and help that person? Uh, you know maybe related to mental illness in general, but, uh, but yeah. also in particular you know related to their Asianness.
1: Yeah. Um, well, for, first of all, as I was describing, it's a very th- difficult thing to talk about. so they don't have categories for psychology and psychiatry and since they don't have categories for it uh, the default position of an Asian family is to resist getting help Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. psychiatry or psychology because and this is I'll just speak from my own family experience yeah that my parents being traditional Chinese they were always suspicious of doctors and mental health or yes of doctors and the mental health professionals in particular okay because they're just after your money oh okay okay that's the default thinking is that they're just after your money rather than here's people that can add quality of life and health to your life Mm -hmm. that's just not the default way my chinese parents thought yeah yeah And so the resistance to the help, and then in my own story, because I grew up in a traditional Chinese family, I did not go for help myself until I was at the bottom, knowing that I struggled with depression all the way through my high school and college and young adult years, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have a sense of joy in my living, that life for me was a responsibility and duty, and I just had to do it, but... I was not being a whole and healthy person because my emotions were suppressed and shut down and I was out of touch with them. Yeah. And so those are some of the real uh, practical things that I wrestle with as a Chinese American. Yeah. That I couldn't get the help because it would bring shame to my family and then my parents didn't get the help I needed because I have pictures of me being very sad. Mm -hmm and the pictures you posed for cuz they
0: said, you know, like let's let's take a picture.
1: Yes, family photos, your personal photos, both self portrait and family photos. And it's like, why don't you smile? We we have a good life. You're in college. You have good grades. But my emotions uh reveal something inside of me that I didn't know how to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But it was there. Yeah. It took years for me to find the courage and the necessity. I, I need help. Yeah, and that's very hard for agents to say. I need help. Yeah, definitely. very very hard.
0: So hard it, it it just grates against our our like who we are. Yeah, we yeah. like to be the helper. We like yeah. we like to be known like for working hard. Working hard. Yeah, the one who who is uh, the one helping. Yeah, offering money offering yes. strength offering goods offering mm-hmm. intelligence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, <clears throat> you know you were talking about your journey and uh, the the fact that you struggled with depression pretty early as a youth mm-hmm. um, into adulthood mm-hmm. so did you start struggling with it before you became a Christian? yes so yes um, did your uh, did your coming to Christ make a difference in your struggle with mental health uh, You know, initially, or how has it
1: made a difference over the years? Well, it certainly made a difference as I grew older and learned how to better manage my life and integrate my life. Okay. Because I realized in my teen and young adult years, my life was very compartmentalized mm-hmm. I knew how to do tasks and grades I did not know how to talk about my feelings and to manage my feelings Okay. And so part of my health journey was to bring that together along with a healthy spirituality mm-hmm. so because we're spiritual emotional and thinking beings all at the same time Yeah. and I don't think our cultural background and and yeah, I'll just say it that way our cultural background hasn't given us the tools on how to pull pull those together. Okay. Yeah. And so part of my journey is to learn how to pull that together. And then um, because I grew up in a Chinese cultural family context, you don't talk about feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there they are under the surface festering inside of me. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk about it. I didn't think it was real. Would be the way you deal with it. Yeah. But eventually it comes out. Right, right,
0: yeah. If you ignore it, it doesn't disappear. Yeah. And, uh, and it just starts
1: to, you know, it's like a... It's like holding up, uh, holding down a balloon in water. Mm-hmm. It's going to pop up. It's gonna, yeah,
0: yeah. Or it's like uh, mold in the walls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it'll continue to grow and grow and mm-hmm. grow. And just because you can't see it or because you keep hiding it doesn't mean that it's
1: not there and doesn't mean that it's not toxic. Or, or another way it comes out is it comes out sideways. Mm-hmm. So you don't know why someone is getting so angry yeah. over something small. Yeah. And so because it's festering inside, it'll come out in your relationships or in your performance. And yeah. In all kinds of negative and harmful ways. Yeah, we realise that happens when we're hungry or when we're tired. <laughs> you know,
0: we react poorly and it seems yes. you know, why are you why are you being so angry and we 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 made up a term for it. We're hangry, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it, But it happens. It happens at a, a, a more uh, essential level with our, with our emotions and who we are, right. and, and just yeah. being a whole person. I, I like I like that picture that you're trying to paint of being this whole person. You know, because we we do like to compartmentalize. It, it you know it it just it allows us maybe to function mm-hmm. because there are certain parts that we
1: don't want to deal with. So mm-hmm. just, let's just put it over here. Yeah. 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 And I've heard a good quote from someone else and he says that being Asian American is traumatic. Hmm. Yeah, He hasn't unpacked that for me, but okay. part of me gets that Okay. because the immigrant experience is traumatic. Oh. Oh. And for most immigrants, they don't, have the opportunity to process all those emotional things that happened to them yeah. and in them from moving to a brand new country and having to learn how to survive and having to deal mm-hmm. with kids that don't understand and appreciate the sacrifice they made. Right. And then the kids pick up that unspoken, festering emotion. Yeah. Because emotions are kind of contagious. Yeah. Especially yeah. in a family system. mm mm-hmm. And so there are things that I have to learn to deal with in my own self-care that came from my family and came from people that influenced me and now we're in a social media age where our next generation grew up in a world that's always had internet yeah Uh, I grew up pre-internet yeah yeah and so I I, there's part of me that does not understand what is life like in a internet 24 7 Mm -hmm. world right where you already do have exposure to um, psychology, psychiatry, self-harm, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. suicide, bad news, violence, and right. all those yeah. stressful things and anxious things and depressive things yeah. that are being talked about in media, yeah. but it's not being talked about in your family. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that? Right, right, right. You know, how do you put language to your own feelings when people aren't talking about it? Yeah, and our our
0: churches should be a place where... Where we wrestle with those things, mm-hmm. you know, in the open, mm-hmm. in safety, yes, uh, and you know, candidly, yes, you know, and uh, not the kind of place where we all like just walk around with our dirty laundry, but where we, <clears throat> where we listen and you know, uh, uh, seek to speak truth and life, mm-hmm. you know, f- through the gospel and, mm-hmm. into the into the this mm-hmm. cesspool that we live yes. in, you know, yes. and, and not. Uh, not just ignore yeah. it and so actually as we kind of finish up, I think it would be really helpful for for us if maybe you could offer us maybe some do's and some don'ts with regard to mental health you know and how how do we begin to open up this this subject as something that we uh, we can talk about at Bread of
1: Life yeah. in the youth ministry and how can we do it well? Yeah, well, you've opened the door here so I commend you for doing that on the podcast and also for giving me an opportunity to share a bit more of my story uh, at your church in person and I want to make myself available during that time as well as online since we do have all those things available to us with Facebook Twitter phone telephone that is the benefit tape, of the technology I think so yeah and we can make so much more use of it yeah and I also know that many people resist using technology for whatever cultural reason
0: that's okay, okay. the, the yeah. audience here probably is very okay too okay with using technology
1: that's alright yeah. I want to make the most of it yeah and uh, so we need each other we need to connect The first thing, and then the second thing I mentioned earlier uh, it's okay to ask for help. Okay, and that's that's the agency of the person, yeah. That the person gets to make that decision that they can ask for help. And and Jason, you're someone that they can feel safe and trusted with, that what they share with you will not be shared with anybody else, especially their parents and their Mm -hmm. friends. So, so you're there for them. And uh, as we're having this conversation, is to reiterate that point. You have to take that step to ask for help. But sometimes that's hard for whatever reason. And so there's a text in number, 741-741. Add that to your phone. Okay. Share that with a friend. Add that to their phone. So anytime they're in a crisis and don't feel like they have a friend or they don't have anybody that can understand them and they need someone to talk to just to say, I don't understand what's going on with me. I need I need to do something, and I don't want to hurt myself. Then text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, and I think you use, you can use other keywords too, Okay. to that 741, 741, and 24-7 there's people there that will talk with you, listen to you, and help you take the next healthy step. Okay. So okay. those are the most immediate things that you can do, yeah. and you can do for your friends if
0: you notice they're struggling yeah are are there some things that uh you know it's important for us to be mindful not to do uh you know because i think with the issue of mental health one of the reasons we don't talk about it even if we have a desire to get involved and help is because it feels uh, too uh too difficult you know mm-hmm. like the way I feel about calculus mm-hmm. I don't want to touch it because it just feels overwhelming mm-hmm. yes. you know it, I think it, it, mental health you know you talk talking to someone who is sharing about those uh, those struggles they have and there's this like I don't know what to do I'm afraid I'm going to do something, really say something bad or do something mm-hmm. that I shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, are there some mm-hmm. things that that you would say, you know, it's good to, you know, yeah. not do these things, not say these things to, right. to help kind of empower, um, uh, empower us to yeah. uh, get
1: engaged? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And so if we're not struggling, we probably know someone that will be struggling or is struggling. And the best thing we can do is to support them and say, Yes, we. Uh, I understand it hurts. Let's get you some help. Okay. So remember the f- first question that's really hard to say is asking for help. Yeah. And you be that friend that will walk alongside of them and get help. Okay. Implicit with that means you don't judge them for being weak mm-hmm. or having this struggle. And hey, you're the straight A student. How could you be having this kind of a thing? Yeah. It's a part of the human condition that at times we will stress out or burn Mm -hmm. out or deal with mental illness for longer terms. So don't judge. You can help with them and listen to their pain. Um, You don't need to have the PhD in psychology or psychiatry to know what to do. There's other people that can do that, but no one else can be the friend that walks alongside like you. And that's the best place you are in when you know of or when you sense someone is struggling.
0: Yeah. You know, when, when you have that opportunity to come alongside someone, mm-hmm. but then you don't know what the next step is, uh, what would you recommend
1: that, that kind of a person do? Yeah. So, so as you're getting help, uh, I mentioned earlier the 741741 right. Crisis Text Line. I mentioned you are available. I I make myself available through my website and my phone number. Um, And then we'll put together some show notes for this episode where you have some additional resources. Like just read up on what mental illness is so that you're informed. So it's not this big black hole that you're just asking for help. You know, have a framework for what is going on inside of someone that's struggling with mental illness yeah. so that you can understand what's the role of counseling and psychology, what's the role of psychiatry and medication, yeah. what's the role of spiritual support, mm-hmm. and what's the role of a friend. Yeah. So we will add links in the show notes for you to get educated so that you're aware of how to help people in a more meaningful
0: way. Yeah, yeah. This has been really good, DJ. I I appreciate a lot uh, just the wisdom and experience uh, that you have to share with us and your willingness to uh, meet me in this random library in Fountain Valley. Uh, I mean, neither of us have ever been here before. Um, It's it's all right. Came early, squatted in in their only study room, and uh, all these people here walking around have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) That's that's awesome. (laughs) So, thank you very much for being uh, on our podcast this month, and we really look forward to having you join us uh, later. Uh, DJ will be joining us on the November twenty second, so it's a Friday night, and and he'll he'll come and share with us more about his story and uh, just the story of his family and Mm -hmm. um, mental mental illness, and uh, help us to uh, take take some of the early steps in, in being able to uh, address this issue within our own community and, and to also help those who are outside of our community um, to, to be, to be whole and to be well. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this ninth episode of breadcrumbs. I'm Jason Lowe youth minister at bread of life church, hoping you'll check in next month for our last episode of 2019. And finally, Mark your calendars on Friday, November 22nd at 7.30 p.m. when DJ will come to Bread of Life and share more about his own story and about becoming a church that serves and supports those struggling with mental illness.